What up, what up, everybody? It is Monday, March 21st, 2022. It is the second day of spring officially. And um, I don't know how many days into free agency we are in the uh, new NFL season, but we are here with our episode one of season six. That's right. It's our season premiere. Uh, and I'm joined here, not as always, but most of the time here with my uh, with my buddy, Jack. Jack, how you doing, buddy? How's it going? How dare you always? I'm whether I'm here in person or I'm here in spirit. I am here. Okay. Well, you're here. That's great. I love that. That's uh, what matters. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> um, first off, I, like, we are going to get into uh, a few announcements here. And um, I have a couple more that I haven't listed yet, but we'll get into it. So first off, as always, I'd like to thank all of our donors who have donated to the Victorious P.O.D., um, if you'd like to donate to us, you can find a link um, in the show description. And that is below to the side, wherever uh, all that stuff will be updated at the end of the episode. As always, uh, special thanks to Levi Oki. He is responsible for all of our beautiful artwork that you see here and on all of our social media sites. Speaking of social media sites, if you're looking to get a hold of us, all of our social media links and everything like that is always in our show notes. Be sure to check the show notes. Uh, which will also be updated at the end of the live stream and always on the YouTube channel. Um, one thing that I wanted to get into real quick <clears throat> last season, some of you may have noticed that we did not continue on with our, uh, our MP3, our audio only versions of the podcast. Uh, there was some uh, trying to figure out how to get it all to work unanimously without destroying both of my computers that I use. I have since then figured out all of that and I will be sure to let you all know that uh, this whole season will be on all of the podcast apps as well. So uh, if you're a, uh, if you're an audio only fan, uh, be sure to uh, check, check those out. Um, I don't know if I have anything else exactly right now. Jack, do you have any announcements that you want to get into? No, nothing exciting. Just stuff we're about to hit soon. Okay, cool. Right on. Uh, that being said, Jack, how excited, uh, are you about our NFL free agency so far this year? It has been crazy. Uh, words cannot describe how much has been going on. I feel like every year there's always some big moves and some surprises that we didn't see coming, but this year especially feels very, uh, very insane so far with how things have started. That's crazy. Hey, uh, just one sec here. We are going to have to, um, we're going to have to get you back here on grid fam. I don't know what happened, but you are. Yeah. Gone. Just clicked out on my end. Right. Uh, <laughs> didn't say anything. I'm getting there. Hold on. We'll get you back in. There we go. Anyways. Yeah. All back in. I'm coming. Can't rush perfection. Got to make sure the hair is looking good. And... Oh boy. <laughs> All right. We just kidding. Be, just kidding. We should be back. All right. We're not going to edit any of that out. So that's cool. Oh, why would we, we don't, we don't have that kind of dedication. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So NFL free agency has been absolutely crazy this year. Did it start like what last Wednesday? Yeah. I believe it was five days ago. Yeah. Uh, the fifth, the 16th. So yeah, five days Wednesday. Crazy. All right. Um, so 
we are going to roll into it. We're going to have some pictures for you. We're going to have uh, a lot to talk about. So let's get right into it. Jack, you have this mm-hmm. first note up here. So why don't you read off our first note that you have going on here in NFL free agency? I do. Uh, former NVP Nickelodeon valuable player, Mitch Trubisky signed a two year deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers for 14 and a quarter million dollars. Pretty crazy stuff. Um, he was one of the kind of more sought after backup quarterbacks coming into this off season. So people expected him for him to land somewhere. I don't know that I was expecting a two year deal. Um, yeah. What are your, what are your initial thoughts as far as the fit in Pittsburgh and anything? Do you just hate it completely or? Well, I hate Mitchell Trubisky's fantasy output. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, but he is an NFL quarterback way more than I am. So I will give him all the respect that he is due. Uh, I will say as an NFL quarterback, I do like him better than Mason Rudolph, but that floor is so low that almost anybody who is on that team is better than Mason <laughs> Rudolph. So there, there is that. Um, for me, I, I don't know. It's you have, and we'll, we'll be getting to it, but Juju, I don't, is he, he's no longer there. Is he? He is gone. Yeah. So they lost one of their three. So that Lee, who is the other major? Deontay Johnson's their number one. And then Chase Claypool's their, I believe third year receiver number okay. two. So, um, I, I'm just not sure how that's going to affect Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Um, would you say that Mitchell Trubisky is a step back from, uh, an old and dying Ben Roethlisberger? Let me ask you that. I, I would not. That's, that's, I guess my two cents is everybody's like, Oh God, Trubisky's terrible. Like that means that Claypool and Deontay Johnson are just downhill from here. I'm like the, the, the terribleness that big Ben was last year. I, he was to me at least bottom five quarterback, if not bottom three, like in the entire league. So I can't imagine you get worse than that. Yes. Trubisky in his last t- action that we saw him in as a full season um, looked really, really bad with the bears. But I do think that Matt Nagy wasn't doing him any favors either. Um, and he did have, I believe one season, maybe two where he hyper targeted Allen Robinson and Robinson was still very, very good, even with terrible quarterback play. So I feel like Deontay Johnson's a very, very similar comp to me, like Allen Robinson, where they're both just target monsters and they do work by getting, an insane 150 amount of targets. So I think based on that, I'm not scared by Deontay Johnson in like in any way. Um, do I think it improves him? No, but this guy was a wide receiver one last year, borderline at wide receiver 12 um, with big Ben being terrible. So I think people are hating on it a little bit too much. I think they're given too much flack, I guess, to both receivers saying they're going to take a step down. I think that'll make both of them a value. Do I think Trubisky is going to help them both dominate next season? No, but I think that they should at least be a wide receiver one and a borderline two. That's my, my two cents. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I, I really wasn't sure how, how these, how this would play out for them. So I'm glad that you were Mm -hmm. able to give them uh, more insight than, than what I had, because I really didn't know where I would put those guys at right now with Trubisky coming in. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. For what it's worth, you're speaking to the guy who is who is already the dynasty owner of Chase Claypool and who made a trade in Dynasty to get Deontay Johnson after the Trubisky news broke. So if that helps kind of show where my head's at. Okay. Do with that what you will. 
Cool. Um, you may have already stated it, but I just want you to go over it again. Where do you find mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson and Claypool in the wide receiver rankings? Wide receiver one, two, or three? Yeah, I think Deontay is a low end or like borderline wide receiver one. Just like last year, he was wide receiver 12 um, overall. And then I think Chase Claypool is going to be like last year. I think he finished as like a high wide receiver three, I think without Juju. And then with like just that being his third season for a chance for him to step up, I could see Claypool trying to make the jump into wide receiver two. I think he's going to be a, a high upside maybe low floor, like a, like a not consistent wide receiver two versus three week to week. But I think he's one that's going to have more value than people are expecting. Okay, cool. All right, moving on. We have the Cardinals running backs. Jack, why don't you start that one off as well for us? Yeah. So we had, um, James Conner re-signed with, the Cardinals for a three year, $21 million deal. And then they let chase Edmonds walk and he went to the dolphins for a two year deal worth about 12 million, I believe. So, um, I was expecting one of the two of them to leave. Wasn't sure who it was going to be, but, uh, very surprising to see James Conner get a, a three year deal after he couldn't even get more than a one year the previous season. But, I'll let you kind of weigh in, I guess, on how you're feeling about those two since I covered the last, yeah, last yeah. couple guys. So first. James Conner, um, last year I didn't rank him any higher than an RB two, just because he had having the split time. Plus I didn't really feel like, uh, he was just really in the, in the class of, um, all the other RB ones out there. And now that he's the lone guy there, I don't really know if that changes much. Uh, of course he's going to have really? more volume, uh, but just going through all of the, all of the running backs that are there, Unless unless he blows up big time, um, mm-hmm. you're I mean your your top six seven running backs aren't aren't necessarily going to change from where they're at, and then you also have rookies, I mean I agree with that you also have rookies or I'm sorry second year players who are going to come more into their own this year, um, so I mean for me at best I think you're looking at a fringe RB one when it comes to to James Conner. Um, and I kind of feel the same way, uh, talking about, um, Chase Edmonds as well. Is he the number one out there in Miami? Is he going to be the number one out there in Miami? Like I'm trying to look. It's questionable. They, they also signed Raheem Mostert this off season. And I think he got a little bit more money maybe on a per year basis. So between those two and then Gaskin technically still being there, I think it's going to be very, very, crowded and then backfield to say the least. So my money, like not that there's been any reports yet, but my money would be putting Mostert as the number one, like a one, a one B situation with Mostert versus Edmonds, just cause I think Mostert has that kind of game breaking speed potential. Um, whereas Edmonds, I think is a lot better, like PPR receiving wise. So I guess that's kind of how I'm seeing it as of now. I don't know that you're going to want any of them as your RB two or better, but I think both of those two would be a good, like low, um, what am I thinking? Like low capital having to spend to get like a high upside shot. So, yeah, um, I, I would say that, you know, mid mid RB two is usually right around my yeah. ceiling with, with chase Edmonds. So, um, mm-hmm. with, with that, I mean, I don't think much has changed for any of these running backs just, just because of the situation, because of the landscape in fantasy and then where they're at, 
uh, when it comes to uh, the team situations that they're on. So that's pretty much yeah. kind of where I sit. Uh, do you have anything else that you would want to uh, add to the opinions of that? I guess last thing, just kind of closing it up would be to really, for me, I'm a little bit higher than James Conner just because he's not going to have anybody to compete with. And he's very, very good at scoring touchdowns. So I think like his chances to be in the red zone with a good um, Cardinals offense is going to be pretty strong. And I think really for him, it's just going to come down to injury. If he stays healthy, I think he's a borderline low running back one, but if he can't, obviously that's kind of been his issue constantly. So I'm not completely sure what to expect. Um, I think he's going to be very, very risky to take, but I think if he pays off, he's going to do really well. Like we saw him do this past year. Okay, cool. All right. We are going to be moving on to our next uh, topic here. And we're actually going to be our boy. Yeah. We're going to be, uh, we're going to be switching up our scene here real quick. We've got Kirk cousins up on the big board here. Uh, you can see Kirk Cousins. He has got a contract extension. It's a one-year contract extension that is fully guaranteed for $35 million. He will make a total of $40 million guaranteed in 2022. That's this season. And then $30 million guaranteed next season. And that is an ES and that is uh, from the source of ESPN. Um, my question to you, Jack, is this a good move for the Vikings? Now I know that this is one player on our team that is so polarizing and we've talked about it so many times, but is, was this a good move for the Vikings? I think it personally was. I mean, I guess I've always been more on the side of like pro Kirk versus anti Kirk. If you don't, you know, if you're not using a spectrum, if you're just saying yay or nay, I feel like that's where I fall. But I think a lot of people are seeing, Oh, 35 million. That's so much to like the amount they're paying him for the season. Yes. Agreed. But the reason the Vikings did, it wasn't just to say, Oh, we're going to give him this kind of money. It was to free up cap space. Like this allowed us to move money, free up money that we didn't have currently for this season. Um, and maybe be able to make some moves in the free agency period. So I think there was strategy behind it more than just, Oh, he's not worth that. Um, and I still think that I am very, very interested to see what's going to happen this next season coming up here. If like Kevin O'Connell is going to be the difference maker, if he can help unlock some issues that Kirk cousins has had. So, um, this will kind of be the make it or break it season for the most part, but with, with Kirk and if this is really going to work with the Vikings, but I, I, I like it for one more season. I feel like if you can't get it done this year, then it's time to start looking to move on beyond that. But I personally am a fan of it for both reasons. Um, I don't keep on it too much. I, I, I just, there's so much I can't just keep up with rookie rookies coming in this year to the draft. But, um, would you say that the draft capital for a quarterback this year wasn't necessarily the greatest? I would agree. I think this is known as a very, very weak quarterback class. So I think the fact that there's not really a better option, so to speak, um, there's, it's not like we're going to be finding our, our future quarterback of the franchise in this draft so like there's not really a re you're not going to have somebody who's going to come in and likely just be better than kirk right off the bat so why not see what he can do wait one more year and then make the decision from there gotcha um and then one last thing we're going to talk a little bit about fan fantasy with this does this signing does this change your fantasy outlook for dalvin Thielen or justin jefferson at all not at all compared to what it was last year. I mean, I think if we didn't have Kirk coming in, like if we had traded him or moved on or whatever, I would be very, very scared of their values. Cause I think a lot of them have been tied to being able to move, move the ball 
excuse me, on offense. And a lot of Vikings fans of more than five years know we've struggled with quarterbacks in the recent past. So um, if anything, it just kind of secures their values to what they should be. Cook should be a high, you know, top five running back. Jefferson should be a top five receiver and Thielen should be a wide receiver too with upside. So I think it pretty much just stays where it should have been. I agree with all of that. Um, for me also, uh, God, I was going to say something, but it just completely floated out of my brain. Cool. I love getting old. Um, <laughs> love when that happens. Yeah. No. Um, another thing too, I think also that isn't necessarily being considered too much is that we are supposed to be getting Irv Smith Jr. back this year. Now, everything that we have heard about Irv Smith is that he is just this athletic freak, almost like a wide receiver. Um, I can't. I can I, I can be on board with the hype, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Uh, but I will have hope and optimism that uh, his presence on the field will add to Kirk's numbers and will hopefully open up uh, more things uh, for the consistency of this offense. So that's something to consider um, as well. So any thoughts on any of that before we move on? No, totally agree. I mean, I my, my two cents would be look at what Tyler Conklin, who we basically signed out of nowhere last season did where he was actually relevant. We were talking about him as a top end streaming tight end option every single week. So, I mean, you got to assume Irv Smith is better than that. He's just not had the chance to break out and he was injured last year. So if he can even, you know, put together the same type of season, or if we can put him in the same situations as Conklin, his athletic ability is better where maybe he breaks a few more plays or gets an extra five, 10 yards that Conklin didn't. So I think he's very, very good chance to be a breakout tight end and kind of be like a, a sleeper tight end one this year in fantasy. Okay, cool. Uh, let's move on to our next story. Then the Allen Robinson, Robert Woods deal. Allen Robertson is no longer a bear he is out in he's a ram now is that right yeah that's mm-hmm. right join the super bowl champs uh he is going to be joining matt stafford and uh, cooper cup um and I'm, is obj still there i'm sure i think he is he's a free agent as of now they want to bring him back but he has not signed anywhere yet okay all right um how would you rank him in fantasy as a, as a, as a wide receiver um, with such a crowded wide receiver room. I mean, you have cup who should repeat as the number one wide receiver. Um, if OBJ Ooh. signs there, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he'll repeat as the number one. You That's just me. So? No. Okay. I think he'll be very, very good, but I don't think he'll repeat as the number one. Okay. Um, That's my hot if, take. If OBJ does resign, there is mm-hmm. Allen Robinson a does he essentially max out as a wide receiver too i think if obj is there yeah best case he's a wide receiver too i think he'd be more of a borderline two three i do think he's he would be he is better than obj and he would be better in fantasy than obj but i think if obj is there it takes let me rephrase if obj is not there i think uh alan robinson has the chance to be like a wide receiver 15 to 20 if OBJ does come back. I think Robinson probably drops more to like 20 to 25 best case. So um, it would just cap it. Cause you're just sharing the volume that much more. And OBJ is more of a goal line threat. Whereas Robinson does really well on like high target volume. So um, if you own Allen Robinson, like again, I happen to in dynasty, you're hoping that OBJ doesn't sign and go somewhere else. But um, 
obviously if the Rams can do it, they want to bring him back. And it sounds like he was, he is willing to take less money to come there. So, um, we will see, but yeah, as of this moment with, with OBJ not signed, I am very excited on Allen Robinson. I'm glad he got out of Chicago. I'm glad that they paid him a lot of money to come there. That shows something like you're not going to not use a guy that you're paying this kind of money. Um, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on him after one down season when, he made a career out of being a wide receiver one with like terrible quarterbacks. So Stafford is probably a better quarterback than everybody he's played with combined. Um, so I think that this makes it very, very exciting. And that's only added by the piece of news we can get into in a second with Robert Woods getting out of there too. Robert Woods. Absolutely. Robert Woods was traded to the Titans for a fifth round pick. Um, he was a top 20 wide receiver before last season's injury. Uh, do you think that he stays in this wide receiver two range? Um, also, he no longer has to compete with um, Julio, right? Because I believe Julio has been released by Correct. the Titans. Julio was released. Okay, so it's yeah, just going right. to be... Um, yeah, who's Him he? and A.J. Brown, yeah, basically. A.J. Brown and uh, Robert Woods. So... Um, uh, do you feel like he can be that top 20 wide receiver? Is he going to be a solid wide receiver too in 2022? I personally would not trust him as a wide receiver too for my team. I think, um, he's going to be one of those guys that's a lot better for real football than he's going to be for fantasy this year. And that's not even to cover, you know, the injury issue with him tearing his ACL and being out all of last season. Like he should be ready for training camp in the regular season, but you know, people always come back from that injury different than each other. So who knows on that piece, but I just think from a standpoint of, um, there not being necessarily enough target volume to go around in Tennessee. I mean, Julio was a shell of himself and was injured the entire last season. So not a great example, but at the same time, I think it's, they're barely doing well enough to sustain a wide receiver one, um, in Tennessee and like AJ Brown, people have wanted to be able to get more, targets than he has in the past. So I, it, it worries me a little bit. I don't think he's going to be, I think he's going to be like a wide receiver, high wide receiver three with upside basically. Cause he is still very, very good. He's known as a really good route runner, but I don't think he's going to get the volume and that's what he's, he's needed to do well in the past. It was a guy that was getting a hundred plus catches a season. So that's my take. I think some, I, I, you know, I think it's a good take, but also I don't think we should forget that Robert <laughs> Woods was doing fine during uh his tenure with the Rams when Jared Goff was his quarter was his quarterback. Now oh, totally agree. Would you would you say that Ryan Tannehill has a little bit better arm talent than what Jared Goff has? Yeah, as far as the whole package and decision making and everything, yeah, I would agree. I don't think Goff is better in any means than Tannehill. My concern is more just the fact that I think maybe the Rams offensive scheme leaned a little bit more past than Tennessee does. I mean, you're talking about a team that has um, Derrick Henry, who was on pace to shatter the touches for a running back in a season. So that's more of where my concern comes from, not necessarily the quarterback, but more of just, I think in, in LA back when he was doing really, really well, I think the game plan was designed around getting him the ball a lot and passing and Cooper cup hadn't exploded like he has yeah. as of that time yeah i would say i think you're i think you're right on i think scheme is going to have a lot to do with how well robert woods does i feel like robert woods is a consistent player um i do mm. i have a little bit more optimism than you i think he can be 
I think he can fit in nicely with the wide receiver twos. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be, you know, I think mid range wide receiver two is technically going to be a ceiling unless AJ Brown goes out for injury again all year. Like he did what two years ago or was he out mm-hmm. of last year? I believe I it was remember. two. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I'm as, as long as AJ Brown's healthy, I think there is a, a place for Robert Woods to be fantasy relevant and uh, more than just a, um, a flex play. So that's yeah. my, that's my take. All right. We are moving on to our next story here and we are going to be getting into Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was traded away from Indianapolis uh, plus a Indianapolis also sent a 2022 second round Pick? No, I'm sorry. I think I screwed this up. You're good. No. Okay. Yes. Here we go. Colts are sending away Carson Wentz plus a 2022 second round pick, which is a 47th overall pick and a 2022 seventh round pick to the Washington commanders. The commanders will send back a 2022 second round pick, the 42nd pick, a 2022 third round pick, pick 73 and then a conditional 2023 uh third round pick i believe if that's right i can't remember i didn't put Mm -hmm. the uh i didn't put the round that it was anyways the condition being that wentz has to play 70 percent of his snaps this season washington will also be paying the full 28 million uh due to wentz uh this season so with that being said um does this move uh, how does it impact Carson Wentz's fancy value? Does it go up or does it go down? I think it maybe goes up a little bit just because the Colts were so um, run focused, but I don't know that it changes a lot. I think he still has a lot to prove in general to see if he can be a fancy quarterback again or not um, starting wise. I think it's exciting that at least he's going to get an opportunity somewhere where he's not just going to be totally lost value kind of like a Baker situation where he's more relegated to a backup role. Um, but I'm, I'm very much more excited for like Terry McLaurin, for example, or like the, the, the receiving and the offensive players like Gibson included in Washington, just because I think they couldn't do a whole lot with Taylor Heineke. They lost Fitzpatrick at the start of the season. Um, I just think Carson Wentz, while he might not be great and he has a lot of issues on his own, can probably move the ball or at least be better to be on Taylor Heineke. So yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling. Okay. Helps other people more than it necessarily helps him. Yeah, I I would say that he is going to be able to outperform Taylor Heineke as well, which almost makes me wonder if Taylor Heineke is going to be traded away to another team that might need help. I don't exactly know which team he would go to, uh, but I feel like he has the opportunity to do something somewhere, or maybe he's just going to be a really good backup. Uh, yeah, throughout the rest I could of see career. that. So, I mean, there is that. Um, how would you, what would you say? Oh, let me first say that. I think Carson Wentz's fancy value uh, improves just a little bit, um, mainly because of scheme, because I felt like with Jonathan Taylor's talent in Indy, they were just, um, running the ball a lot. Yeah, um, exactly. And plus I feel like, uh, like you were alluding to as well, Terry McLaurin. Um, I think he has a lot more talent as a wide receiver than, um, what the Colts had. So I'm sure I just repeated everything you just said. Um, <laughs> no, but moving on, uh, speaking of Terry McLaurin, 
how do you see Terry McLaurin's fantasy value impacted by the signing of Carson Wentz? Um, I don't know that I expect him to finish like as a wide receiver one necessarily, but I expect him probably to be more like a more consistent top 20 wide receiver. So not as much like boom and bust where he goes from 15 points to two points, for example. So I think this just like evens him out a little bit more. I think his touchdown upside and maybe his big play upside is going to be a little bit better. Um, and I would see him as a top 20 wide receiver with a ceiling of like a 12 to 15. Okay. Um, yeah, I was going to say that I didn't think that I was going to see, uh, a ton of movement in the fantasy value when it came to, uh, Terry McLaurin as well. Um, I do, uh, like we've stated earlier, I do feel like, um, Carson Wentz has more arm talent than what Taylor Heineke did. Uh, so the consistency is going to be there it really all depends on, on the scheme and how, how much they look, uh, his way. Carson looks his way, uh, when it comes to, uh, how many, how many fantasy points he's going to get. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting to find out, uh, where that goes to. My next question is, is how, how does this affect Antonio Gibson or Logan Thomas? Do, do, do these fantasy, uh, values, do they change at all for you as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, like I mentioned, Antonio Gibson is going to change just cause I think he's going to have more opportunity for maybe like touchdowns or just the fact that the offense is moving the ball better. Logan Thomas, I'm still not sure if he's going to end up turning into anything yet. I think right now he's kind of one of those guys that's not a tight end one and is in the mix of about 10 people that are kind of all, yeah, who knows, but I do think it improves his value for the same reasons. I mean, we didn't get to see much of him last year with injuries, but I think it improves his value. Just the chance that there's a quarterback that can maybe throw the ball a little better. I mean, his, his turnover potential and his decision-making is bad, but Logan Thomas just needs somebody who can get him the ball because he's a pretty athletic tight end. So I think it, I think it helps them both. I don't know that just like Terry McLaurin, I don't know that it's like earth shattering, but I think it's maybe just bringing some more consistency to the offense. That's fair. I agree. I agree with all that. So, all right, we are going to be moving on to our next topic here. And that will be, uh, we are looking at, that's not what I want. I don't want to talk about this guy next. We will be talking about him, but it's not next. Um, we're going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers. That's what I meant. I don't want to talk about this. Okay. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers. He gets people to talk about himself enough as it is that I don't know if I want to give him more. He's very uh, drama queen. All right. So on the cringe scale from one to 10, one being the best and 10 being the worst, um, what would you rate Aaron Rodgers cringe value? I'll give him his jersey number. (laughs) All right. Number 12, baby. All right. Uh, Let's see. Hold on. I'm going to mark that. (laughs) All right. Um, I forgot I'd be doing that. Uh, (laughs) Let's see here. Aaron Rodgers, he has signed a three-year deal worth, a three-year extension worth $150.8 million, in which two, the first two years are fully guaranteed. That's um, credit to Yahoo Sports there. Does this does this deal does this change anything where you would rank Aaron Rodgers when it comes to a fantasy quarterback? Uh no, no. I think this next piece that we'll get into in a second does more, but I I think him coming back to the Packers is he's been there forever. He knows the scheme fit. I don't really think it changes him a whole lot, nor does it change any of his teammates that are still on the Packers. 
Okay. And so talking about the teammates that are left on his team, Devontae Adams, which we'll get into the details of that more spe- uh, specifically in a minute, he is no longer in Green Bay. Um, so how how is that going to affect Aaron Rodgers as a, as a fantasy quarterback? And um, who do you see stepping up uh, to be – uh, the the wide receiver one out in Green Bay. I personally, my my take is that the wide receiver one for the team is not currently on the team yet. Um, I think they're going to end up making a decision like signing a an OBJ or a Jarvis Landry or somebody else who's still in free agency, and then also probably using one of their first round picks now since they got one back in the trade. We'll get into in a second, but um, they got one back in the deal. And they still have their own. So I think we, I will expect to see them draft at least a top receiver in the first couple of rounds and then probably also sign some other not super flashy free agent. Um, so one thing that I, I have a question about is if Devon, why, why didn't Devonte want to stay there? Is it because of his, <laughs> of his relationship and maybe his angst towards Aaron Rodgers, if there's any, I'm not saying there is, it's just speculation or was it more of the Packers organization that he, he didn't want to be a part of anymore. So that makes me wonder if it's, if it's Aaron Rodgers, unless they draft a top tier wide receiver, are there wide receivers that want to go out and actually play with Aaron Rodgers just because of he's such a drama queen and there has been so much drama around him and the Packers that they have no idea if they're going to sign there that Aaron Rodgers is going to be there the whole length of, of their contract. I mean, what do you think of all of that? Is there, is there any substance to what I just said or am I just <laughs> making noise? I guess my, my initial reaction would be without Devonte Adams. I don't know that any other receivers on the team are good enough to say, I don't want to play with Aaron Rodgers. I think the rest of them are trying to make it and either like get a legitimate contract, whether it's with the Packers or not, or just step up into being talked about legit receivers. And I think their best chance at that is going to be the two time MVP. So I don't think the likes of Lazard and um, MVS and all of them are going to be like, no, 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 he's too much drama. I I'd rather not play with him. Like they're probably, like thank god somebody who's a top end hall of famer that can get me the ball is my thoughts um it would be interesting to know like to be a fly on the wall if there have been any frustrations with the rest of the team receivers or other positions of just the whole constant you know news headlines of rogers in this off season and the end of the season and all that um i really don't know i from what i know and i've heard i think rogers and Devonte adams relationship was pretty strong i mean this is speaking as a vikings fan I, so i'm not positive we, sh- we should have josh on here not that he would ever you know listen to our show let alone be on it but to give his two cents as a packers fan um but yeah from what i know i think i think they were pretty solid i think from what i've heard it's more of a Devontae has been pretty frustrated with the packers organization for a long time and the fact that they didn't really work out a, a contract extension in the last couple of years like they offered him I don't remember what it was, but it was pretty low compared to what they were willing to offer him this time. And so I think his thought was maybe, you know, if you wanted me here, why didn't you offer that before? And now it's kind of like a too little, too late thing. So I think that played a big part, but then also apparently behind the scenes, there's been a lot of talks between or like from him and Derek Carr for years um, of wanting to play together. Cause they were both teammates in college and uh, 
there was some tweet or something like that. I think two or three years ago at the pro bowl that Adam said that he would love to play with him someday. And I think a lot of people just assumed that meant once Rogers retired, but <laughs> didn't consider he'd actually leave now. So I think it was a combination of things. I definitely didn't see it coming. I think a lot of us would be lying if we said it, that we did see it coming, especially for it to happen. Like, just a couple of days after Rogers finally came back, like you wouldn't have expected Rogers to agree to come back if they didn't have Adams figured out too. And if, uh, if Adams was going to leave, I guess I could have seen it more happening. Like after he sits out on the franchise tag or, you know, later into the off season, not this early on. Yeah. Okay. Um, great insight. Um, with all that being said, uh, mm-hmm. I do feel like, Aaron Rodgers has enough talent to be able to attract the interest of top tier wide receivers. Um, he would have to probably sit down and have a talk with him beforehand and say, look, don't worry about the beef between me and the Packers, you know, come here, let's go try and win a Super Bowl." And I think that would be enough for him to be able to convince them to come play because we've seen what Aaron Rodgers can do as a quarterback he's one of the best in the league and not just fancy wise but actually on the field he is one of the best so um we'll we'll see exactly what happens um maybe they'll use that first round draft pick and package it with something else to uh go and um trade for trade for a a a stud vet so i'm not sure but um Second part of the question, you don't think anybody is going to step up and be the wide receiver one as a fantasy wide receiver. So you're thinking Alan Lazard um, is no matter what is just going to uh, top out as a wide receiver two this season. I just don't see anybody for sure becoming a wide receiver one on the team. And I also don't see any of them like really being the true guy. I think that they're the guy that is going to be their top receiver is not currently on the roster, whether it's a signing or a trade or a um, rookie pick or something like that. Okay. Um, Somebody's going to have to step up whether they're there or not. So um, I, you know, it's, it's remained to be seen that somebody's going to have to be at the top of the depth chart. Does that translate into fantasy points? I don't know. I mean, with the talent that Aaron Rodgers has, but you have to be able to, Aaron, I mean, we've we've heard about it a lot. I think um, when um, Devontae Adams was out with injury, you heard a lot about analysts saying that Aaron Rodgers has to develop trust with these wide receivers. And with Devontae Adams now gone, who is Aaron Rodgers going to trust? Is that uh, Lazard? Is that somebody else I have no idea about? Is that somebody that... Uh, that the Packers are going to trade for and bring in right away. I, I have no idea who that could be. Do you have any speculation on a wide receiver? I think you said OBJ or Jarvis Landry. Has he played with any of those players previously? No, neither of them have ever been on the Packers. I just think of, there's really not a lot of top end wide receivers left in free agency. And those are pretty much two of the best options. So I think if they're going to sign somebody it would be one of them. I know the Packers were linked to OBJ a few years ago before he ended up signing with Cleveland. So that would maybe be my guess, but yeah, there's not really a whole lot of uh, likely options as of now. Okay, cool. All right. Moving on to Devonte Adams himself. Let's see. Pull that up here. Uh, actually, nope. Sorry, wrong one. Let's see. 
that one. Where did he go? There it is. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what happened. Okay. Devontae <laughs> Adams, blockbuster trade. Um, he, let's see here. I have it written down here. Packers have traded Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders for a first round, the 22nd overall, and a second round pick, the 53rd overall, in the 2022 draft, according to ESPN. Adams is set to receive $141.25 million over the next five years. His deal includes $67.5 million guaranteed, and that's according to ESPN. Does this move affect um, Devante's uh, fantasy value negatively, or do you think he will remain as a top three wide receiver in fantasy football? Jack, what are your thoughts? Uh, I still have to imagine he's going to be a top three or borderline. Like I could like top five, I'd feel safer about. So I guess maybe based on that, you could say it's going to negatively affect because he's not like the number one or number two, but I don't expect him to fall off much. So anybody that's like panicking to this news and is like, Oh God, get rid of Devontae Adams or selling for something. I wouldn't do that. Um, I think he can still be very, very productive. I think Carr is a, a middle, like a decent quarterback. I feel like he's in like the, maybe he's slightly below Kirk cousins tier. Um, where like he's not, you know, you know, not top end, but he's not bad. I think he's just gotten a little bit of a bad rap and can, can make big throws, can move the ball on offense. So I'm interested to see that. And I think somebody like Devonta Adams, who just is as good of a route runner as he is, I think is good enough to get open and have car find him. So, um, their defense is terrible. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. I think he's going to get a lot of targets cause he is Devonta Adams. I also think it'll open things up for Darren Waller a little bit more. Um, and I think he's going to have a lot of, a lot of touchdown upside. So not hating this, um, as far as like him leaving the Packers and him leaving the safety of Aaron Rodgers. I think there's a lot of other teams that he could have ended up on that would have been worse, so to speak. So, um, yeah, could not have, or definitely doesn't hurt him as much as people would have thought. Okay. Okay. Um, Derek Carr, does Derek Carr's value, does his value go up with the addition of Devonte Adams coming into the fold? Uh, yes, that's more of kind of where I'm sitting at. Like, I think Devonte maybe doesn't fluctuate a ton, but I think Carr goes from a borderline, like not startable quarterback to, okay, now like it's a possible like back end quarterback one type of thing for me. So, um, I think he has a lot higher upside. Anytime you add one of the top receivers in the league, it's going to happen. But, um, yeah, I would, I would consider drafting him. If you're doing like the late quarterback approach, I would consider drafting him kind of as your like flyer, um, last couple of quarterbacks in the draft. Okay. And then one last, I would actually agree with that as well. I, um, I think Derek Carr um, could become uh, a really, really good. Not that he's not been good, but I think he could be more consistent uh, yes. with, with a talent. That's a good way to say it. Uh, with the talent like Devontae Adams coming into it. Uh, he, Derek is still going to have to be able to get him the ball. Uh, so with that, I think. You know, it's not going to be I don't think it's going to be as bang bang as it was when you had Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. But I still Mm. feel like these these two guys are going to be able to connect um, and make some really great plays together. One last uh, player I wanted to talk about uh, on the uh, on the Raiders is Darren Waller. How do you feel Darren Waller's fantasy value is going to be um, affected now that Adams is coming in. He's going to be a guy who's demanding more targets. Um, Darren Waller essentially 
has always, I don't know if you would say always, but I feel like he's been um, the safety net for Derek Carr. Do you think this is going to not have to rely on Waller as much now that uh, Devontae is in, in town? Yeah, I mean, maybe he doesn't have like the crazy high end weeks, but I actually think this helps Waller more in the long run, just because it's not going to be all of the, the attention on him. I think this will free him up a little bit more to maybe same kind of thing, just be more consistent, like not not as high as ceilings, but not as low a floors either, where they just double cover him all week, so um, or all game. So that would be my my thought. Okay, all right. Is there anything else that you want to talk about when it comes to um, Devonte Adams and? Uh, or any of that stuff? No, I, th- I think that's pretty good. I think we covered the majority of it. Okay. All right. Let us move on to our next topic here. We are talking about Tom Brady. Tom Brady, uh, was it back on March 13th last week, came out with a tweet that said, these past two months, I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come but it is not now. I love my teammates and my, I love my supportive family. They make it all possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa. Unfinished business. Let's fucking go. Uh, pardon my French. I'm just reading the tweet. Jack, you must've been so excited that Tom Brady's coming back that you've completely left the stream. And now we're going to have to shut down. So, uh, cool. Cue the music and good night. Oh, I'm here. I just ascended into an enlightened state because I was so happy. I thought this day would never come. You never thought the day would come where Tom Brady would unretire and come back to football? That is correct. I thought everything was over and there was no point to watching football (laughs) for me ever again. (laughs) Okay. All right. So Also, I'm just letting the dog out, not to be overly dramatic. Uh... (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, do you st- with this? I mean, nothing is is literally changing in in uh, in Tampa, right? I mean, you have Godwin who's resigned. You have um, uh, who is it that just came? Russell Gage has came from Atlanta over to uh, the Bucks. Um, what do you see uh, with with the Buccaneers group? Is is anything like that going to change at all? The only piece I could see changing is whether Gronk comes back or not. I mean, anybody who's followed Brady in recent years has to assume he does because those guys are BFFs. But if for some reason Gronk were to come back, I think that would maybe boost the receivers a little bit more and maybe give Gage an outside shot to become like a wide receiver three, like weak, like backup fill in or like uh, bye week starter. But otherwise, I think everything is same as usual. I mean, Mike Evans is probably a borderline wide receiver one based on touchdowns. Godwin is a mid wide receiver two with upside, um, depending on how he comes back from injury. I think no other receivers you really want if Gronk comes back. Gronk is probably a, a mid to high tight end one, like that, like six, seven, eight range. Again, based on touchdowns. And then the other big question mark is whether they're going to bring four net back. Cause he was such a driving force in the receiving game, um, as a running back. So I think once we get answers on those last two pieces between four net and Gronk, those would be the things that would shake stuff up. But yeah, Godwin and Evans aren't getting better than they were last year with Brady again. Basically it just, it just saves them from losing a ton of value without Brady going to some random backup quarterback. Okay. Yeah. Uh 
I, I would agree with I would agree with all that. Um, do you think Gronk is going to be coming back this season? I would put money on yes. There was some interview already where he said more than likely that he would, and I can't imagine he would just retire without having said anything. The fact that he didn't announce he was retiring when Brady said he was also makes me think that he probably will be another year or two. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else that I would really need to mention here on Tom Brady. I mean, everything should be, should be back to what we normally would see. So, um, we are going to be moving on to, as well as Jack's emotional state. Just, just being happy. He's alive. And here's still playing. Are you back inside now? Yeah, I'm back inside. Okay. All right. I'm going to, sorry. I'm back. That's, that's fine. <laughs> Just wondering what was, what was going on. Dog's got to pee, man. All right. Sometimes you got to do the hard stuff. I figured that's what you were doing. All right. We're going to yeah. be talking about Russell Wilson here next. Uh, Jack, why don't I have you read all of all of the uh, what's going on here in the blue, huh? And <clears throat> put my glasses on. Seattle Seahawks trade away Russell Wilson and a 2022 fourth round pick to the Denver Broncos. The Broncos will send Drew Locke, Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, along with a 22 and a 23 first round pick, a 22 and a 23 second round pick, and a 2022 fifth round pick. So five picks plus three players total. That's via ESPN. Uh, what do you think? I think of they're this credible. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> um, we've heard of them before, right? Yeah, yeah, once or twice. Um, first off, what do you think about this trade? Um, I think that the fact that apparently Russell pretty much wanted out very clearly. Like I think he was pretty much done. He'd been talking about it for like a year or so. I think that what the Seahawks got considering that case is good. I'm glad that they like didn't lose him for, you know, nothing or have him walk away on a, as a free agent or something like that. So it gives them the pieces to rebuild. I don't think anybody expects Drew Locke to be the quarterback of the future, but maybe he's a bridge guy for one year that gives them some time to fix some other issues and then look in the 2023 draft for a quarterback or sign somebody, um, including Noah Fant was surprising. Cause I think he was a first round pick just, three years ago so he hasn't quite lived up to potential in denver but i was surprised to see his name included because that made me very excited for him in fantasy when when they added russell wilson so um seeing him go the other way he was probably pretty bummed but yeah five picks um i mean granted two of them are first so i I, it's not like you're mortgaging your entire future to get him but i think the broncos we've all talked about for a long time as being that team that was the most just a quarterback away of anybody. So whether it was going to be Rogers, like a lot of people thought or Russell, I think they they're making the move now because they have the pieces in play to be able to contend right away. So it makes sense um, from both standpoints. I feel like it's a win-win just with the way both teams were constructed. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure about what people thought. I thought it was a ton, but then when you're talking about a talent like Russell Wilson, these players here are absolutely going to require a haul uh, to be able to bring them in. With that being said, I'm going to, I still think that Russell Wilson is going to be a top 12 quarterback this year. What is your thoughts on, Russell Wilson being a top 12 fancy quarterback this season. Yeah. hundred percent. I don't think he's going to be top six or anything of that. I think he'll be more like that. Like 
nine, 10, 11, 12, but I definitely think that like, assuming he plays the whole season and not injuries and anything stupid like that. Um, he's still a very good quarterback. And I think he, I don't want to say his, his offensive weapons are better. Cause I mean, you're going from DK Metcalf, but they're still good. Like Jerry Judy's like an up and coming, like put poised for a breakout in his third season. Corlin Sutton has put it together before. Um, Tim Patrick's a good deep ball guy. They got Javante Williams. Like the run game is going to be strong. So I think he's got a very solid core around hold him. On, hold on. Hold on. You address what? him by his real name. Who? Fireball Jones. Oh, here for tip. Yeah, of course. I'm so sorry. Okay. The most boring name in football, Tim Correct. Patrick. Correct. We will be we will be accurate <laughs> on this podcast. So Fireball yes. Jones. All right. Continue. I thought you were talking about Javante. I'm like, what did I say wrong? No, no, no. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, so I think like going from Metcalf and Lockett, who are probably both Metcalf's a better wide receiver one, and Lockett's a better wide receiver two than he's going to. But I think the fact that like Tim Patrick's a very good wide receiver three. His one and two are still good. His running game is good. The defense is good. Um, I think, I don't know whether or not it improves his fantasy outlook. I think it pretty much stays neutral, but I think his like NFL outlook is better. Like the team around him is much better. So I would agree. Um, that's exciting to me. But yeah, I think however you felt about Russell last year, he's probably in the same boat to me as this year. I wouldn't overcorrect. So if you see people freaking out and being like, Oh, Russell's going to blow up now. I wouldn't spend up to get him. I would, I would take him, you know, right at that, like mid to late QB one area, whatever that ends up being year to year. I don't know, round seven, eight. Um, but if, if people are also like worried that, you know, changing schemes and everything and you can get a little bit of a discount, like I would, I wouldn't drop him too much either. I would keep him right where he's at. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, which yeah. Broncos wide receiver do you see benefiting the most? Is Are you a Tim Pat, uh, Fireball Jones guy? Yeah, how are dare you, you? Are you a Jerry Judy guy? I mean, who do you think is going to uh, receive uh, the bulk of the, of the targets in this offense? I have a, I have a two part answer, so I'll just say them briefly and then I'll let you kind of like close with your part, your thoughts on it too. But I would start out with saying, I think Jerry Judy is going to be the number one or better of the two, but in terms of fantasy, I don't think there's going to be that big of a difference where I expect, I expect the fantasy community to overdraft Judy. If that makes sense. Like, yes, I think Judy will be better, but I think it's like here and here more than it's like, a huge gap between the two of them. So I would take whichever of the two receivers is getting drafted later. Cause I don't think you're going to have that much of a fall off. So okay. that's my, that's my take. Um, so there's one player that I forgot to include there as well. Unless I missed something. Cortland Sutton is still on that team. Correct. Yeah. We both said him. Okay. Okay. Good. Perfect. So yeah. between Sutton fireball Jones and Jerry Judy, it's, it, and it's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of mouths to feed, right? One of them is. I think Fireball is the third. That's my like. I think he is the third. I think Sutton and Judy would be better, but I have a Judy Sutton Jones. Uh, would you? How about how about we go with this? Do you think Sutton and Judy will be a high end? wide receiver two with the possibility of a wide receiver one upside, or are we just thinking that with the number of, you know, with how crowded that wide receiver room is, uh, you know, wide receiver mid range wide receiver two is just basically uh, what we're going to expect from them. Yeah. I think, 
it'll depend on how it breaks out. Like if the both of them are very evenly split or if they end up having a one dominate over the other, I think whoever the top receiver ends up being again, my guess is Judy will end up flirting with wide receiver one, but being like a, you know, 15 range. And then the other one will be like a low twenties range, like 15 and 21 or something like that. I could see that shaking out. I don't think either of them jumps into wide receiver one, at least this year. I like Judy has that potential because he's still so young, but I don't see either of them are going to be like a top 12 guy, but I also feel like both of them will easily be top 24 wide receivers with Russell. I would say I agree with all that. And I think we're going to be mentioning these names a lot because they might be someone that you're going to want to run with DFS from week to week, especially if the matchup is good. Like they might not finish as, as your wide receiver one throughout the season in a Mm -hmm. season long league. But I think in a, um, in a daily lineup, I think these guys could be, could be someone that you can score a lot of points with, um, without having to spend, uh, a ton of uh, of your bankroll on, so I think I, think I will leave that leave that there. Um, let's see here, who else do we got? How about we talk about Lockett and Metcalf quick? They are getting <laughs> they're getting Drew Lock as their quarterback as of right now. Um, uh, do you touch Lockett and Metcalf with the ten foot fantasy pool? And you've gone away again i'll come back why um, it does it's not even giving me an error it just literally just switches from video to because Fam anyway, is just trash it hates me oh well, okay that makes me feel better um i'll give my answer while you're doing that stuff um i guess it's going to depend on where they fall like obviously we're talking in march right now and it's going to depend on what we're looking at come august september for example but uh there's a lot of reports out that Lockett is on the trade block and he may be moved. So maybe he, that's a guy that ends up, you know, either moving to um, Green Bay, for example, or um, another spot that really needs a receiver. So if that happens, then things could change. I think Metcalf still has the potential to be like a guy that does well with a terrible quarterback. But um, yeah, they both drop to me. Metcalf probably becomes like borderline hopeful wide receiver one and lock it becomes a lot less consistent wide receiver two. So that's my thought. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I would agree with all that as well. Uh, sorry. I was looking at a setting here. Um, yeah, I would agree with all of that. Um, I don't really have much more to say on that. Let's move on to our, our next, uh, our next one that we have here. Give me a sec. That is going to be this one. Deshaun Watson has been traded. The Houston Texans have traded Deshaun Watson and a 2024 fifth round pick to the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are sending a 2022, a 2023, and a 2024 first round pick, a 2023 third round pick, and a 2024 fourth round pick. Watson is now set to receive a five-year, $230 million guaranteed contract. That is a lot of scratch. Um, Yoza. With this much money being at play here and the number of picks involved. Would this make you think that Deshaun Watson's legal troubles are in the past or, I mean, what do you, nope. what do you make of all that? 
No, I still expect the league to do some stuff. I think his like legal, just in general stuff is probably pretty much over, but I, I think the NFL will still probably look into this and maybe suspend them for, if I had to guess right now, six games, I don't think it's going to be like a half a season or a whole season, but I expect him to be like a handful of games out just from like the NFL conduct policy stuff. So, um, it will likely come in the beginning of the season. I would assume they can figure it out this summer and decide what they wanted to do. But um, yeah, not going to make a big impact in the long term. Obviously the Cleveland Cleveland is planning for playoffs and like future seasons. So not like that ruins the deal, so to speak. Um, I think a lot of teams were just waiting to make sure that he wasn't going to like actually get arrested or found guilty or anything like that before they made trade deals. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I would have to say that, like the the part of him not being able to play in the league because of what his legal troubles were have been allegedly mm-hmm. whatever is going on um i think that's probably behind him but i will agree with you that there there's still something that i f- feel like the and uh, like if 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 there's any settlements or anything like that you would think that the nfl has to say something or has to do something when it comes to the playing time for him whether it's a suspension for a whole year or whether it's a couple games or something i don't know i don't know how the nfl doesn't do anything with deshaun watson maybe that whole year off from football was kind of like hey all right the nfl really didn't do anything but you didn't play for a full year i don't know i think that's kind of a shitty way to go about it if you ask me but yeah i I, don't think they'll do that well i'm saying that's what they did last year they essentially just didn't let him play well he sat out he chose not to play he chose not to play i thought he was forced yeah okay no he sat out because he was they weren't trading him gotcha uh so I, I i don't exactly know what is in store for deshaun watson uh but it's um that's that's a huge risk that the cleveland browns took uh getting deshaun watson and i i think it might be able to pay off do you think the risk was worth the the squeeze yeah i think i mean he was a top five quarterback every season when he was playing with the texans so i think the upside is there and it's another team kind of like the Broncos where the Browns were like, we have a really good core in place. Like we've got one of the top running games in the league. We've got a solid offensive line, good new coach, um, elite defense when, when it has the chance and their quarterback just wasn't getting it done. So I think for them, they were kind of just like, we need to make a move now before we lose a lot of these players. And this, this was it. So I don't, I don't hate the move. Yeah. It's a lot to give up, but everybody who was involved in the Deshaun news knew that it was. And, uh, yeah, that division. I mean, now especially with the Bengals just making the Super Bowl and everything, that the Browns got to kind of keep up so that they don't end up in the bottom again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on. Where do you see Deshaun Watson as a fantasy quarterback in twenty twenty two? Five. Five. All right. I would agree with that. I think he can be a top five quarterback. Um, I don't. I with him being out for a full season, you know, he's going to have to shake some rust off. I think. Uh, plus he's going to have, um, a few new, uh, teammates. Actually, he's going to have a lot of new teammates since he's on a brand new team, but Amari Cooper is now coming into the fold. Um, what, how does this affect Amari Cooper's fancy value in 2022? Assuming the Browns don't bring anybody else in. I think Amari Cooper's back into the wide receiver one category. Um, he had fallen probably to like a low two for me when, um, the news was announced that he was getting traded to the Browns. But I think the fact that he had been competing with CD lamb and 
other like Gallup and other receivers in Dallas in the last couple of years. And they also had Zeke now going there. I think he is the very clear wide receiver one. And Deshaun Watson has a history of hyper targeting his wide receiver one when he played with um, Hopkins and then Will Fuller in the past. So I think this, this pairing could be very, very scary between the two once they get some chemistry down. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think Amari Cooper, I think that since he's going to be the guy out there, uh, he, he will be, like you said, he will be hyper targeted. I think that will help his fantasy value. Um, how long is it going to take for him to get going in there? So I would say by the end of the year, you're going to see Amari Cooper's numbers probably blow up more than what you see in the beginning part mm-hmm. of the year, or at least be more consistent. Um, so that's just going to be because Watson taking a year off of football and he's now in a new system with a new coach and you have Amari now with a new system and a new coach. I, I really feel like it might take a little bit of time for these guys to get going, but by the end of the fantasy season, uh, Amari Cooper should be at, um, should be on the weekly uh, leaderboards as one of the the top wide receivers uh, in the league. Do you think Agreed. that? Do you think that this move with Deshaun Watson coming into Cleveland? Do you think it affects Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt's fantasy value at all? Like, does the whole scheme change because Deshaun Watson was also known to be kind of a scrambling quarterback too, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yes, he he's a very good runner, so that could be a thing. They could maybe lose a little bit of goal line work um kind of, he's kind of like the cam newton effect where like if they're within the five it's more likely that he's taking it than anybody's just like on a rollout or a design qb run but i think it probably still helps them overall because the, the offense is going to overall have more chances to score with him than a, than baker at the um quarterback spot so i think that will improve i think maybe again same kind of thing as we've said with some other changes where maybe their high ceiling isn't the same like maybe chubb doesn't have those like blowout 30 point weeks. Cause he's not getting 25 carries, but um, I think the consistency will be better. And I actually expect cream hunt to get a little bit of a bump because um, Watson can, can hit running backs in space a lot better. And I mean, I know Chubb can is good in the receiving game too, but hunt, especially I think is uh, more of like a borderline or like mid wide receiver two or running back two. excuse me. Um, just with having a lot better quarterback. Right on. Okay. Like a super super flex thing. Um, the Colts are going to run the ball a lot, so he's probably going to throw a little bit less. But I do maybe like Michael Pittman a little bit more. I think Matt Ryan's a lot better at throwing the deep ball than Carson Wentz was or Phillip Rivers was the last couple of years. So um, that would probably be the only thing I really changes for me with the Colts. Um, actually, I think Michael Pittman's value goes down just because, I mean, maybe he wasn't the type of player, but Russell Gage really wasn't anything last year. Michael Pittman had more of a fantasy impact than what Russell Gage had last year. And Russell Gage was the, the number one out there in Atlanta. Granted, they didn't have a running game and their offensive line was absolute horseshit, but um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe with all that being said, maybe Matt Ryan has more, uh, maybe he has um, more success out there in Indy. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I don't, yeah, I don't think he's going to do a whole lot either way. I would argue with, with Atlanta last year, that Kyle Pitts was their wide receiver one. Um, so I think like he did pretty well other than scoring touchdowns, but, um, yeah, I just think maybe like the upside for Pittman is going to go a little bit more. And I would say Pittman's a much better receiver, at least at this point of the game than Russell Gage is. So that's the only reason I say that, but yeah, it's, it's not like it's going to swing the needle a lot. It's not like a lot of these other quarterbacks we talked about okay. drastically changing their offensive outlook. 
The Falcons signed Marcus Mariota to a two-year deal. Does this mean anything for anything there? No, no. <laughs> Just we, basically replacing Matt Ryan. Are we avoiding? Are we avoiding the Falcons this year in fantasy? Other than Kyle Pitts, probably. Okay. Uh, Jameis Winston, the Saints resigned him to a two-year deal. Do you think that this is because Watson uh, went to Cleveland over going yeah. to the Saints? I think this was a direct reaction from that. Okay. Um, does anything change for uh, uh, that organization? I think, I think if, a, if Michael Thomas comes back, I'm very much back in on him. I think Jameis was looking very good as the starter for the Saints before he got hurt. Um, not like amazing, but he was he, he was doing well. Like I think he deserves to be a starter in the league. So I think if Michael Thomas comes back, he's back into the you know maybe top fifteen category. Like as far as hype wise. Um, I think it helps Alvin Kamara because now at least there's a quarterback who can throw the ball <laughs> behind the line. So maybe he does, doesn't have to do quite as much, but no one else really on the saints that you really want. I just, I would be interested in Jameis as maybe like a high quarterback too. Okay. All right. Uh, you mentioned Michael Thomas coming back real quick. Uh, does Michael Thomas, does he come back to the saints because Sean Payton is longer there? Do you think the beef was between him and Payton or do you think that it was like an organizational thing? I think it was more of an organizational thing plus injury. So I think he'll, I think he's expected to be back in training camp this season. Oh, so you do think that he, despite those, that tension between the club, him and the club, he still will be wearing a saints uniform this year. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think he'll be back with them. All right. And, um, is there anything else that you want to talk about with that? No, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Not a lot changing. Um, Juju Smith Schuster. He signs noteworthy. He signs. Well, there is more. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The Chiefs. (laughs) there was so much that went on this, this this last week. I should say the last fantasy relevant signing because oh, we're not covering like oh what a great linebacker and what a great no 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 defensive. right i understand yeah. but like godwin godwin re-signed with the bucks not that it's a new oh, signing yeah but like you know just, true so the last where like any player is impacted by it like different than last season correct uh juju smith schuster now comes over to the chiefs they signed him to a one-year 10.75 million dollar deal um, is he a wide receiver one? Is he a wide receiver two? Is he a wide receiver three? Jack, what are your expectations for Juju Smith Schuster this year in fantasy football? Mine for Juju is I would personally stay away. I get the excitement of him going to the Chiefs and having Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback, but I saw a stat somewhere that I'll have to pull up and tweet out from our page. But the wide receiver two in an Andy Reid offense like the last five or six seasons with Tyreek and Kelsey there has been like I think it was like no better than like wide receiver 40 on a season to season basis like they've been insignificant it's been like from 40 down to 70 basically so their offense I mean Travis Kelsey is the other wide receiver one there and with how good both of those guys are they dominate so much of the target share that I don't think another guy is going to really do a lot. Will he have some good weeks? Yes. Is he capable of doing better than we've seen him in the last year or two? Yes. But I, I don't think I would trust him as a wide receiver too. I think he'd be a borderline three for me and just like kind of a, like a late dart throw, but I expect him to get drafted earlier than that because some people will hype him up. And I, I would stay away from that unless he ends up falling greatly in the, in the fall come draft season. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't, 
Oh, that's a that's a great uh, that's a great stat that you pulled there. So um, I'm not sure what I was going to do about Juju Smith Schuster. He's been kind of off my radar. Um, I think the the two like the two big names, kind of like you mentioned uh, with um, uh, Juju and Mahomes coming together as this, on the same team, uh, would sh- like when you think about it, be like, oh yeah, that that should get you more fantasy value. But uh, being the fact that with the stat that you pulled up. Um, I'm not sure, like, I'm not going to like put this guy down on a piece of paper and say like, I'm going to be going and getting this guy. But I think, you know, if you're looking for a wide receiver to sign and it's later in your draft, um, definitely, I think he's worth a dart throw, uh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, just as long as they don't inflate his value. Like, I think some people will like the casual fancy player will be like, Oh, he signed with the chiefs and like, Ooh, exciting new flashy receiver. And it's got Patrick Mahomes. And I think he'll get drafted higher than he's actually worth. But yeah, if you can get him towards the end of your draft, like 10, 11, 12th round and you're getting as you're like your fifth wide receiver. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Um, is there any more breaking news or anything like that that has happened since we first started? I mean, that- that is all I've been kind of watching as we've gone. And that is all I have. Okay. All right. We don't have any discord discussion or anything like that today no. as well. Um, if you guys want to ask us a question here on discord, doesn't have to be football related. Please join our discord. You'll find the discord in the show notes below or in the chat. Um, so, and uh, we don't have any victorious news or anything like that. So I think um, that pretty much is going to be wrapping up our show. So, Jack, that was uh, Love it. a lot of fun. I think we we ripped through that actually really good, even with a little break in there. We finished in an hour twenty. That's not bad. So yeah, um, we are thinking that it's probably gonna be close to three weeks to a month again, right around the yep. draft rookie draft. Right yeah, around the draft. probably like probably just post rookie draft whenever that falls, so we can uh, do some analysis and see where people people ended up. Uh, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. Jack being our social media manager now. Uh, thank you, Jack. Uh, he is posting a lot of stuff on there. So uh, if you're into the football stuff, make sure that you are following us there because um, we do offer our opinions up on our social media pages. So be f- sure to check us out there. Uh, Jack, do you have anything else that you want to say before we get on out of here? Sorry, that was weird. No, I don't have anything else major for updates. We'll just kind of keep you guys posted as uh, as the offseason goes. Yeah. Uh, things that we're going to be looking forward to, we're going to be looking forward to our mock drafts. <laughs> we're going to be looking at um, we're going to be looking at the actual rookie draft and seeing uh, what's going on there. Um, other than that, I don't think I have anything else that I want to say. Um, let's see here. So with that being said, I just want to say thank you everybody for coming out and listening and watching. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media pages on Twitter. Uh, make sure come and follow us on Twitch. Uh, you can find me at uh, Panic Man Walters on Twitch and you can find Jack on Twitch at Jack W Vickers 740. Please come give us a follow. We are currently looking to hit affiliate status. I am like, I think I'm four or five followers away so if you know somebody who loves uh checking out twitch who loves football 
uh, come come give us a follow on Twitch. We could we would really appreciate the support in that. Uh, with that being said, thank you much. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we will see you guys next time here on the Victorious Pod. Good night, Jack. Sounds good. Bye.